This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Our esteemed guest is backstage. So shall we bring on the scorer of this fantastic goal, shall we? I think we should. Let's do it. Let's show the goal, shall it. we? And yeah, then we'll on, get on to it. Trying to create some space and gets the cross in. But it's away by Bravin. Bennett. Still Bennett. Great strike. Great goal. Magnificent individual effort from Tom Bennett. It's 1-0 stop up. He won the ball on the edge of the area, flicked it over the defence, and then cracked it in on the volley. I've heard that. Good evening, Tom Bennett. How are you doing, guys? You okay? Yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Can you hear me all right with these headphones? Yeah, no, it's on? perfect. It's perfect. Um, I thought that, uh, I just watched that clip then, I just thought the way I brought it down on my backside, I thought that was the that was the best part of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an iconic goal in the county archives, that one. Yeah, yeah. Frank, yeah. me and Frank Worthington. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird, actually, because in um, in my head at the time, I thought I'd done so much more than what I actually, when you watch it on the telly, you think, well, you've only just flicked it over somebody's head and then hit it. But it, in my head, it came out, everybody was rushing out and, you know, you flick it over and, you, and I couldn't take another touch. It's fallen on my left foot and I'm thinking... I can't take a touch here, otherwise I just lose the option. So I just hit it with my left peg and I don't score many. And with my left, I think it's probably the only one I've scored. So I was pleased that it bobbled in. Didn't it come about, it came about six months after Paul Gascoigne has scored a, a, a similar goal, obviously. Okay. Against, <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. bring that up. But yeah, yeah, so, so I, I was I was absolutely buzzing with that at the time. I was like, oh, that was better than Gascoigne. I still maintain it was. Because <laughs> you, you kind of expect something like that from Gascoigne. But yeah, like you said, you did score. Yeah, all right. Okay. So not, not, from, not from a standard player. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. No, it was, uh, <laughs> I remember, um, I think when Gary Megson, because it was a, he was the Blackpool manager at the time. And I remember him, he talked to me about that goal when he was the manager. And... Uh, I think he was he was more than annoyed because we beat them one 0 and that was obviously the goal that won it. And uh, he said at the time when he scored, he said, "How can we let him score a goal? He never scores anything, and he scores that goal." So yeah. Um. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Um. Really do appreciate it. Cards on the table now because people have been taking the piss out of me for it. You are my favourite ever county player. So oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compose much. myself for the next hour. Okay. And I will well, see you on Saturday, on Friday as well, if you're there. You know, oh, you're coming Friday, down. Yeah. I think that'll yeah, be I'm a good night. You know, that. I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Um, when Steve sort of came to me with it and just sort of you know mentioned that he was doing something and like us to come down, I, I just really didn't hesitate. Not, um, not for my own personal reasons in terms of the, how the club have been with me over the last sort of 18 months, but um, just because uh, you forget very quickly that, that people move on, you know, um, 
in terms of football and you know, different clubs or they finish the career or whatever it might be. And and it from my initial thoughts was I'm really looking forward to seeing some of those players that that I've not seen for a long time. And I know two or three won't be there. Um Brett was still in New Zealand, I would imagine. But um, it'd just be nice to see, you know, Louis, Louis Cavaco. Uh, you know, he, he, I've not seen him. I've not seen Dave Jones since since he left, you know. Um, I think he's going to be there. Um, Sean Connolly's another one. I've not seen him. So, do, do you know what I mean? There's, there's a few players that I haven't seen for a long time. Um, it'd just be nice just to catch up and, um, yeah, to see them again, really. So, you're just picking up on something you said then, you said uh, how the club have treated you in the last 18 months. What's what's that been like? What, what, how have they treated you in the last 18 months? Uh, well, well, I know it's, it's, I don't know if many people know. I, I lost um, I lost my son um, 18 months ago. Um, and I, we were trying to, as time was going on, you know, probably in the last, as you get your head around it and so on, we wanted to raise some, awareness of of well-being and 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 young people um and look we found out and sometimes this is what happens especially with teenagers and parents we found out that luke was really quite instrumental in in, in helping some of his his peers who um they were struggling you know they were struggling with various different things and he just seemed to galvanize a lot of people luke and he had that way, that personality about him, and we just wanted to to do something in his name, really, you know. Um, mm. So um, we we just started a, a fund, a well-being fund, if you will, for the school, so that they could then outsource independent um, specialists, really, to come in to to do various different sessions for kids that they might not necessarily get because of the the funding that the schools have and so on. So. That's something we've started and it's something we'll continue to do. And I just, I phoned up Steve and I just asked Steve Bellis, I just asked him if um, he'd be willing to put, you know, a little link into the the, the, the programme, really. That was all I was after. Um, but he invited me down and he put a bit in the, uh, a good, you know, page in the, in the programme and, and we got buckets round the ground at, at half time. And and then the, um, the, the club itself, whatever we raised, they matched as well, you know, nice. the supporters club. And I thought that was just, you know, incredible really, you know? So, yeah. Um, so, you know, I've got a lot of time for Steve and a lot, of, a lot of time for the club as well. I've always have done, but especially over the last, of the last year or so. No, that's really good to hear. Yeah. If you send us links as well, we'll, we'll, we'll push anything out that you need us to push out. Oh, great. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, abs- be absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Um, Okay, what we were going to do is just talk about your you as you as a as a person as a footballer and sort of your journey through through county really and then then beyond because yeah. I think you're a bit of a bit of a Walsall legend as well by all accounts. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you support Walsall as well, Ross? Is that what it is? No, no, uh, no, no. I'm a one team. I'm a one team man. Me, I'm one, one team, team man. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what one question I wanted to ask you before we get into the chat is um, who who do you actually support? Rangers. He's Port Fal- oh, he's Port Rangers. Okay. No, no, so- yeah, Glasgow Rangers. Yeah, all my family growing up were all Rangers supporters. Um, my dad, my granddad, and so on, and on you go. Um, Falkirk was never really. It was always you were uh, very close to Falkirk in terms of where where I was born. Um, and ordinarily, you would think Falkirk would be you know a, a team somewhere in the background, but. For me, I think it was all about just the best team, and the best team was always Rangers or Celtic, and it just happened yeah. to be that, you know, you got tied to Rangers very early on, and I never really, really followed Falkirk at all. No, so it was, it's always been Rangers um, since since I was probably. Able, I think the first picture they've got me with a ball is with a Rangers strip, you know, like like many kids, you know. So, yeah, it's always been Rangers, and um, I know they got Liverpool tonight. Um, at Ibrox. I was actually in Glasgow this morning. And um, I nearly I nearly cancelled on you, if I'm honest with you, <laughs> only because <laughs> only because I, I was working in Glasgow this morning, um, and uh, I'm dri- driving past, you know, Govan. It's, it's where not far from from where I was working, and and I looked, saw the stadium. I thought, you know what, my mate's got season tickets as well. And he either got me a ticket. I know it's it's either got me a ticket for tonight um, if I'd wanted it, but. Um, in the end, I came back back down to uh, to Charlie, 
Um, but yeah, it's it's especially nights like this tonight. It'd be, it'd be a great atmosphere there. I don't fancy us at all, at all. Even a a lackluster Liverpool side should um, should really walk all over. So I was really disappointed with us last week actually against Liverpool because I thought we didn't even turn up. But you know, sometimes that happens. You know. Yeah, we'll try not to keep you too long then, because I know it kicks off at eight, doesn't it? So no, no, you're all right. It's all right. <laughs> I would say it's in the background, but it's not. I've, I've switched it off, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess sort of looking at looking at you, looking at football, you started your career at Aston Villa. How did that come about then, being a lad from Scotland? Yeah, it was, it was a weird one, really, because when um, back in the day, before you had the likes of academies, everybody's got an academy now, which is, you know, just the way it is. Um there was none of that back then. So obviously it was just a case of getting spotted on your Sunday league side. And when I was um, I was playing in, in, in the central regions, which is the Falkirk regions, if you will, that sort of area, um, there was a scout from, from Aston Villa who spotted me when I was 13. And it's, it's not done. You're not allowed to sort of scout. English clubs weren't allowed to scout Scottish players. Um but they used to sneak me down to um, to, to, to Villa, to Bodymoor training ground every school holiday. So I used to go from probably about the age of 14, I used to go down there, school holidays, have five days training and come back up. And then when I got to signing age, which was 16, they offered me the, the a two-year apprenticeship, really. And I just... I just couldn't wait, you know, I couldn't wait to get started. And and looking back and it's strange because, you know, having, having kids your own and getting to a certain age, you actually realise how how difficult it must have been, how brave it must have been for my mother, really. Because my father, my father died when I was 12. And uh, so just my mum bringing us up and to let one of her, well, our eldest son leave at 16 years of age was... yeah. Yeah, it, it must have been tough for her, you know. Um, I probably wasn't the easiest child to live with. Maybe, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so so going down there for six, and it it, it basically, it, it makes you grow up, you know. It makes you grow up very, very quickly, probably too quickly. You know, you would never do that with your kids now. Well, I wouldn't certainly send them away and you don't see them from, from one month to the next. But mm. for me, it was a, it was a huge learning curve in, in terms of just growing up. And so by the time I was 18, um, you know, I felt like I was a man, you know, it's strange, you know, it's strange when you look at kids at 18 and they can barely get out of the bedroom, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I felt that was a, a, a huge, a huge learning curve for me early on, early on. But then if, if when there was a, the manager at the time was Graham Taylor, he just got the job at Villa when I was 18. And um what he was looking to do was bring in his own team, if you will, which didn't affect me initially because I, at 18, I was only in the reserves. So from academies, you have obviously the under 18s, then you go into the under 23s or, or whatever it might be, or you might even get loaned out. You're kept at the club and there's, there's a lot more avenues for you to stay at, at, at clubs nowadays, especially a club like Aston Villa, you know, a big club. Um, but at that time, it was pretty much, you just had the reserves of the first team. So he had, players that he was trying to get out and me being a midfielder, I couldn't get a game in midfield. It was, you know, you had likes of Steve Hunt and Andy Blair, Andy Blair who back in the day were, were big names, you know? Um, so I ended up going at right back. So he played me at right back. Never played right back in my life. You know, was, okay. I knew what to do. I knew how to trap a ball and I needed to play forward. And I knew that, you know, certain, certain positions, and this is how, how you played it. But Probably, to be honest, it was very naive. So I think they were going to let me go. And they, they were going to let me go, um, you know, release me and at the end of that season. At the end of that season, we had a tournament. And uh, I'm dragging this along a little bit, if I'm honest. No, no. Stop no. me. But oh, no. at the end of that season, we went to uh, went to France in a, in a tournament. Um, and that was the second season. The first season, we actually won it. Sorry, we got beat with Celtic in the final. We were done really well in in in, in France. Then they went. They, they invited us back. So the second scene with a different team. Anyway, we finished eleventh out of twelve, which was really poor. But I got played of the tournament, playing midfield, because that's pretty much was my position. And it was yeah. on, it was only an under nineteen tournament. Um, so I think off the back of that, they gave me a pro contract because 
they couldn't really, you know, how can this guy go away there? But they have a weak tournament. He gets to play the tournament, and actually, we so I got a probably a stay of execution, I suppose, at Aston Villa. Um, but in fairness to Graham Taylor, he when eventually sort of said, Look, it's not really going to work out. Um, that was. Yeah, that was a, that was a, a desperately, desperately low moment. Um, from a football terms, because you're still only 18, you know, you're still a kid. Um, and I was staying in digs at the time, but I got a call the very next morning from um, there's a guy called Ron Dukes who was the the Wolves chief scout at the time, and Wolves mm-hmm. had just won the the fourth, the old fourth division, so the you know the League Two, you know, they they had just yeah. won that. Um, but it was no, I'd no hesitation almost because it was either sign for Wolves or go back home to Scotland, you know. So there was no real hesitation on my part. I just, I just agreed to sign, not really knowing what I was going into. Um, and that was the sort of start of my Wolves career. And I was in the first team against Villa in, in about four months, playing in the League Cup at Villa Park. Which was incredibly, you know, strange feeling, you know, to be to be released by the club that you loved, and then to sign for Wolves, and then play three, four months later in the, in the League Cup in front of twenty eight thousand, you had nine thousand Wolves fans in, and I absolutely bricked it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to deny, you know, because I made I'd probably made about three or four, maybe half a dozen appearances as a sub by that stage at Wolves, and then I was just thrust into this game. Um. And yeah, it was fairly surreal, very surreal because everybody I knew was still at Villa. You know, everybody that I'd walk back in there, and you still see all the people that you, that you, you know, you used to used to know when you were there. So yeah, so that was the start of it, and I think that was the, the 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 real moment for me. But in terms of breakthrough at Wolves, but then uh, you know I had probably half a season at centre half, believe it or not. Um, when again, it's, it's weird how how things go in in terms of we're playing Villa and it was Paul Burchie's testimonial and Burchie, um I was sub, wasn't playing so again. You know, this is how early on in my career, if you will. But um, where a big centre half goes up against Cyril Regis and comes down, snaps his cruciate, gets injured, and he put me on at centre half. And this was probably the last game before the start of the season. I done okay for twenty minutes, you know. I wouldn't say I pulled up any trees, but I I done okay. And um, and he started me at the season, started the season against Watford, and I played half that season at centre half. And then I went a couple of games at right back. I went in goal, I believe it or not, against West Brom. (laughs) And then I ended ended up back in midfield, and that's when I sort of sort of had a you know a a good run at it. Um, so so yeah, that's. That's sort of the tale, if you will, from starting at Villa, then moving into Wolves, and how it sort of happens. It, I wouldn't say it was um, it was designed or anything. It, it just seemed to be just the way that these things happen sometimes, you know. Um, I, and I genuinely believe, because I do a lot of coaching now at, at Blackburn Rovers, I genuinely believe that the ones that make it are the ones that have had a little bit more of a bumpy road, if you will. You know, that, that they've had a bit of trauma um, in terms of the the, the route that they've, they've had and um, mm. it, it's a you know the, I, I say this to the lads actually I said the best under 14 isn't the best under 15 and under 16 under, and and because we change physically we change um, you know mentally as well some grow up quicker some develop quicker some disappear so it's and certainly in my case at 17 I was nowhere near ready but by the time I was 18 and a half, maybe 19, I was pretty much playing in a first team, you know, physically and mentally. So the, the routes are different for a lot of people. A lot of players will find that as well, that, that, that the route is different. And there's very few that, uh, I mean, you know, your Michael Owens, if you will, you know, your Wayne Rooney's, they they just have to have a steady rise all the way through. But even, even those players, even when they make it to the top, they'll still have trauma that, whether it be injuries or, you know, whatever it might be, that then de- define them in terms of their, their character to go and push through that um, because they've got more money than than they need. So it's not about that. It's, it's yeah. what motivates you and drives you to to keep that going. Um, for me, it was, I didn't want to go back to Scotland. <laughs> a failure. <laughs> yeah. do, you think, do you think a part of it is building um, sort of emotional and mental resilience? 
as you go yeah. along in, in, yeah. on your journey. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, but a footballer, certainly lower leagues, because um, the the financial rewards are there now. So they are definitely there, but they, they tend not to be League One, League Two. Um, mm. Hence the hence the word journeyman, because because players will will jump from club to club because ultimately it keeps them. It, it keeps a pay packet going and, and they can earn a little bit more at, at certain clubs. But um, if you aren't mentally strong, you I don't think you've got any chance really to make it properly in the game because it's brutal. Mm. It's a brutal game, you know. It, it doesn't matter what level you play at, there's always someone trying to come through. There's always a kid that's that, that wants your, your spot. There's always a manager that's looking at his budget and he's going to turn around and go, actually, I can get this lad in for a lot less then we're paying this player, you know, so can we move them on? So sometimes it's not even the player's fault. It's just politics to a certain extent, you know, and managers want their own players and some managers can deal with experienced players. Some managers can't. They want they want young kids into mould. Um, so mentally, the individual, because you are your own business, you, you know, there's without me looking after myself, then there's nobody else going to do it for you. So you're, you're your own business. So you have to look after yourself physically and mentally, or it's it's not going to last. You and know, who just... who during those early, those teenage years then of you know through Aston Villa into Wolves, I take it nobody was advising you. Was anybody get was no. did you have a mentor no. or anything like that? No nobody to, to speak no, to. About. No 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 like, no. Like you'd like you'd have an agent these days. I oh guess, God you? no no it's sink or swim. It's literally sink or swim. You know um, you. You go on that training pitch and you just compete. And if you can compete in a level that they're happy with, then you get to the next bit and then you're in the first team, you know, um, if you're lucky, if, you, if you're lucky. Um, and then staying in the first team is the hardest part. I mean, a lot of players think that, that that's it, they've made it. And, you know, I know many players that, that have made their debuts for, for, for Wolves, for Stockport, for, for Walsall, and actually not not carry on with their career. You know, they maybe play half a dozen games and then it doesn't quite happen for them um, for whatever reason. Um, and, and don't ask me why an answer to that. I, I genuinely don't know. But I think fundamentally, I think there has to be a, a foundation of technical ability in the player. And if you have that technical ability or that physical ability, not necessarily both, you have to have a level of technical ability to play in, in, in any league. You know, especially even now, you look at the amount the, the players are going through academies. So technically, they're very good because they've had years and years and years of that development. But still, they'll end up playing in the conference, you know, and earning a decent living playing the good living playing in the conference. Um, but the technical standard is high. So how much higher is it again in, in the Premier League in Liverpool is in mm. the Man Cities? You know that. The level now is so much higher as a, as a player than I had to be because everybody was doing the same thing as everybody's doing the same thing now. Everybody was doing the same thing then. So it's moved on from a technical point of view a lot more. But then that's when the foundation has to be there. The higher up you go, you, you, you have to be technically good, even though it's the athlete then becomes paramount almost, you know, because everybody's yeah. technically decent. So what yeah. else can you bring? So you've got, and I tend to try and break it down to, to sort of the three elements, your technical ability, your physical ability and your game understanding. Uh, and I think that's, that's what's really important. The higher up you go, the game understanding, the game awareness, you know, being able to see the next pass, anticipation, all that sort of stuff is a very high level, I think, at the, at the top end. I mean, I watch, you know, I like watching Man City. I mean, my team in, in England is probably Liverpool, but I love watching Man City because I love looking at those players. You know, you, you look at Mares and he brings a ball down with the outside of his left foot from 70 yards and you go, yeah. what? And no, and it's almost like nobody even claps, you know? It's just like standard. That's just a standard <laughs> yeah. move. And if he doesn't do it, the crowd go, oh, what's good? You know, and you think, you any idea how difficult it is to do that, you know? Um, but, yeah. So that that's yeah the, the the mental side of it is, is hugely important to to keep yourself going with with the trauma side of it because you do have more downs and ups there's no two ways about it more mm. downs and ups um, and most players and that's the truth most players don't have the financial backing to be able to to not worry about that you know? yeah um, that's just the way it is. 
so with that in mind, when when did you? How did the move to County come about then? Because obviously you were at Wolves. Were you told you were going to be released, or so I had a so so, so again, this is where this is where the the, the it, it seems to be fate for me, I suppose. So I was at Wolves seven years, and um, the manager got sacked. Graham Turner got sacked, and um, Graham Taylor gets the job at Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this is a God's honest, this is a true story. I came out, the, we're, we're training the, the, at Molyneux and I came out the, the dressing room and I'm walking out to the car. And as I go out to the car, he, he's coming in. Nobody's sort of met him, but he's coming into the ground and he stops him and he, he turns to me and he said, Tommy Bennett, you're the first person I thought about when I got this job. And I looked so I went, oh, yeah, I'll just get my P45 now. Uh, but no, to be fair to him, to be fair to him, he did. Um, I did, he was, I was offered a two year contract, and we got to uh, that season, that first season he was in, we got to the, the playoff fi- semi final. Uh, we played Bolton at uh, Bundon Park in, in the second leg, and they beat us. They had John McGinley, and they did a good side, you know, Owen Coyle, McAteer, uh, John McGinley, uh, yeah, so they had a good side, and Anyway, I thought we had a decent side, but they just pipped us and that came the end of the season. So that was the end of his first season and he just wanted to sort of go higher. And there was a there was there was probably that that process of getting your own players in and freeing up some wage, if you will. Um, so he sort of sat me down. He said, look, you're going to be a squad player. You are, you know, you, you'll play when I need you to play, but you're not going to be in my thoughts for my first 11 you know he's honest with me I'm, I'm not going to turn around he gave me any false promises so I knew I knew what the situation was and and I just took it upon myself to say well no I, I need to play you know I was 25 um I'd had a serious injury with my knee at the time uh, not at the time but a few years before um with a cruciate and I was fully fit I was ready to go I'd had a Good season under Graham Taylor in terms of games played. So I knew I knew I could play at the championship. I knew I had you know that in me, um, and I wanted to kick on. But at the time there wasn't again no agents and so on, and there wasn't a lot of sort of clubs biting, I suppose. Um, and I got this call from uh, Dave, and um, he said, "Look, I've just seen you. I'd played in the reserves against Everton." at uh, Goodison and he said look I saw you last week and look we want we're going to make a bid for you and I'd really like you to come up and, and talk to us or whatever you and I've got you know it's it's no different to any player look going into a lower division you go yeah okay but you know Stockport it's I live in I live in the Midlands you know and it's it'd be fresh it'd be new and, and you're looking for something higher because you always think you can play at the same level you're playing at a minimum um but you know out of courtesy probably I went and, and spoke to him um and he just he just sold me on on what they were trying to do what he wanted to do you know um he wanted to build something a team that wanted to play football not a team that just wanted to to survive or lump it long or whatever and then you know we got down to talking about sort of what he'd be in the next two three years where it would be and naively or rightly or wrongly I just wanted to play and he said I would play you know it's as simple as that and he said and I looked at the pitch and the pitch was mint even though it was probably the end of the season wrong time to see it not in the middle of November mm. but um the pitch was mint and, and and I thought well yeah and he told me about the type of player he wanted to bring in and it it took a season you know I saying and it took a season for us to get that right you know and I think the 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 probably the the the, the piece of the jigsaw for me was when he brought in, when he had Brett, I think. I think that was the the piece of the jigsaw that, that gave us everything that we else that we needed, you know, because he's a 4-4-2 man. If you look at his club, every club he went to as a manager, it was yeah. just, you know, better version of what he had at, at Stockport in terms of player, but the formation was the same. He wanted two centre-halves that wanted to defend. He wanted two midfielders that could play and get up and down the pitch. And he, he had two wide lads that were, quick and tricky and he had a big lad up top and and a, and a younger legs alongside him you know and <laughs> that's pretty much stop that's what that's what we had you know um Mazza was great for me um because we were 
he was all left, I was all right, you know, very similar types of players that we were, <clears throat> but he knew his job and I knew my job kind of thing. So me, from a pair point of view, it just clicked very quickly. And I think that's that's the skill of, of the manager as much as anything, just knowing what kind of player that you need. Difficult, difficult to get to get that clicking as quick as it did. Um, but, it, you know, sometimes it just does work that way. And, you know, again, if you look at Wolves, what he did at Wolves, he, he got Wolves promoted for the first time in 20-odd years into the Premier League, playing that kind of way, bringing yeah. that type of player in. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. It's the second year that that sort of when he sold it to me, and and it, and it happened. And so, look, I could go back and 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 say, well, luck, I suppose, to a certain extent. You know, we had Alan Armstrong, he signed Paul Jones. You had players that were clearly better than the level. You know, um, and and that was key. That was key to it. And and they all stayed fit. You know, we all stayed fit, and we all managed to get through that second season unscathed pretty much which phenomenal really apart from little louis i know louis broke his leg sort of somewhere through that but um that season um was was remarkable so many players were actually used that, 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 to, to keep them all fit um so yeah that was that was pretty much why i signed for stockport because of dave yeah it wasn't for the the the, the fountain of fortune that they offered me <laughs> <laughs> no, no i can imagine i can imagine so, any standout moments from that first season? Because that was the season we played Everton away, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh... yeah, so the standout moment, yeah. I mean, again, it wasn't a bad season at all. You know, we we, we drew with them at um, with Goodison. Um, and then three or four games before that, I had actually started feeling, when I was running, I felt like it was a stone in my shoe. And I said, what the hell is that, you know? I'd run to the right and it was hurting. I'd run to the left and it was fine. So in the end, we played Everton at Goodison on the um, the first game of that FA. I think it was FA Cup, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And there was um, and the games going on, and we're doing okay, and I'm feeling like I'm doing all right. And then Anders Limpart, little sort of number ten, really, I suppose. Yeah, his role yeah. Was, he was he fell over the ball, and as he fell over the ball, I've just gave myself a right permission just to the ball, him, everything. I just kicked through everything, and I just felt something pop. And I, I broke, um, I'd broken my, I think I'd fractured the, the, the fifth bit of tarsal um, and ended up, when I when I kicked him, I ended up, you know, breaking it properly. So I actually missed the last three months of that season because the first six weeks, nothing happened. It didn't calcify, so they put a pin in it. And then I played the last game of the season away to, I'm going to say Swindon. And that was the, because that's how Chris Marsden came to Stockport because I, fractured my foot right so, so as i fractured my foot he needed a replacement or he wanted a replacement to come in so he brought chris in chris has obviously done really well while i've been off and i think that's made him think well actually i can play the two of them together here um and he played me the last game of the season i'm not sure if he played he didn't have to because there was nothing on it you know we weren't going to go up or down or anything like that. i think we finished i'm going to say eighth maybe yeah. I think, but um, so he didn't have to play me. I think what he wanted to do, he wanted to see us together, you know, and maybe just also maybe just sort of give me a bit of a lift as well going into the 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 the, the close season, having a game under my belt because I probably only had two or three weeks training. That was it. Um, so yeah, that and, and then you know, right next season, and then we had one or two others come in, experience Andy. Away days with County are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at Edgeley Park. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football much comes in as well so you know the team the, the experience in the team and the legs in the team just seem to happen to gel for the for the following season but we, we started poor we yeah. started really poor you know um so when you think you know it's just all going to work and everything's going to click into place because you've got the players i think we're, i think we're near the bottom after about five <laughs> games yeah 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 and it was yeah it was it was weird it was weird, really, but we just we just knew that. I think we just knew there was just going to be one, and once once you got the first one and the second, it was almost like, yeah, this is just going to be normal, you know. And it very quickly, and it's like you know when Leicester won the Premier League, you go, how did that happen? But what happens is momentum's just gains hugely, you know. You've got good players, but suddenly those good players become a very good team. Because you can't win, you can't win as individuals. You have to gel as a team, and you have to know what each individual is doing, how they're going to play, where they're going to play, what kind of pass they're going to. You're going to have to expect from, and then that becomes momentum. And you win a game, and you win a game, and before you know it, you're bulletproof. You just genuinely feel as if you're going to go on that pitch, and it doesn't matter who you're playing, you're going to win, or at least you're going to be competitive. You know, you don't. And, and no point in that season as we started winning games did you think, how have we won this game, or you know how we still in this game or whatever it was. It, and and that's probably sums up when you start looking at the, the, the league cup run. Mm. Yes. You doubt yourself when you're playing Blackburn Rovers in the Premier League at Ewood Park. But when we played Sheffield United in the games before we battered them, absolutely yeah. battered them in both legs, you know, and not even, it wasn't even difficult. I'm not saying Sheffield United were flying at the time or doing really well. In the championship, but they were, it just felt easy. It just felt easy because we were a team that were actually doing well as a team, playing well together, oh. fluent. We knew what we we're doing. We we're well organized. We had good players. We had, we had certainly Alan that could score from nowhere. Um, Brett was chipping in with goals. We, we, so we knew what we we're all about. Um, and, and we go into the Blackburn game, I think, thinking, yeah okay thanks for the run you know yeah we've, we've done okay here you know time to time to move along and let the big boys play you know um but even that game when we came off the pitch and I, and i think this is where we caught and i think it was probably one of those things that we caught a lot of those teams on the hop because they're looking at us and think well who are they they're looking at us not really known as they're playing they're playing the team rather than the players you know um and the better the pitch the better we were Mm. It's as simple as that. You know, the worst of the pitch, you know, we were players, we wanted the ball on the ground, we could pass it, we had one touch, two touch, we could do all that. So the better the pitch, the better. And you go to, to Ewood and the pitch is like a bowling green. Yeah. And and you've got Flickcroft and Sherwood in the middle of the park basically going, what are we doing here on a Tuesday night? Not wanting to play, hoping to be in the bench or in the stands watching it. And they're having to play, you know, England internationals against Stockport County. And you think, yeah, they're not quite up for it. And, and we caught them on the hop, you know. Yeah, we got lucky with a goal, but at the same time, you have to have that element of luck in anything you do against against these sides. And yeah, and I think that was that was probably the moment that we thought, yeah, we could we could do something there. But that was more to galvanise the league, because if you're beating these teams in the, that are playing the Premier League and the Championship, then you know you if you and you, and again that comes to your character, your character, your player. Because there was nobody in that dressing room that thought, "Well, hey, suddenly we're good players. Oh, suddenly we can beat these. We, you know, we're better than what we are. Better than think." You, you didn't have that. You had a lot of grounded players there, players that just wanted to get on and do well for themselves and do well for the families and and do well for the club, not thinking they were superstars. You know, and that's that's important. That comes to the mental character of the player. You mentioned the the slow start that we had, and there was that famous chat before the Plymouth game where a lot of the senior players got together and had a chat with Dave. Were you were you involved in that? Yeah, I, I was, and and it was probably it was probably Jim. I think uh, my recollection was 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 Jim sort of says, "Well, we're shit," and we was, <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, we get that. And when some more constructive, you know, it's in, and it was almost like. <laughs> You know, he's very, he's you know, he's a lovely lad, Jim, but he can be divisive. What's the word? Divisive. Divisive. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and sometimes it works well. And and I, and I think it was Jim that sort of started the, the the debate in terms of how he thought we should be. And 
I don't think anybody disagreed with him, but it, it, it was almost about there, there is there was never going to be a, an answer, you know. Mm. Otherwise, you'd you'd have been doing it anyway before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we, we sort of just sort of said, right, okay, let's start looking at a little bit more sort of from a free kick point of view or from a set pieces point of view or working the pitch and and maybe trying to to, to get us further up the quick the, the pitch a little bit quicker. Um, maybe playing off Brett a little bit earlier. Um, so that was probably, and again, probably because I couldn't tell you for certain exactly how it went, but that was probably sort of what we sort of had as a chat um, because Dave was really good at just letting us play because he trusted us as players, you know? Um, yeah. It's, and that was, that was something that I, I mean, I, I, I fell out with Jim many times on the, on the pitch because I wanted the ball to feet. And no, Jim, Jim's gone there, you know, um, you know, that's Jim will play what Jim wants to do, which is fine, which, you know, but then you have that, you have those disagreements and those disagreements um, don't fester. They, they, they just become something that the two of you then challenge each other with, you know, and, and ultimately it's, it's a style of play that, that the club, the manager, the ethos of the, that, that we wanted to do. Um, but sometimes you have to go, back to front to get your result first and then the momentum goes and then suddenly you start to see yourself play a little bit more. Um and and you know I actually look at Jim's sides when he played when he played when he was a manager and I thought wow they, they play good football you know mm. they play real good football. I really enjoy watching Jim's sides play. Um but yeah yeah so I think that's probably that that and you're saying it's Plymouth, but that was, I, I can't even remember when it was. I know it happened. I know I was in it. And I know there was some words said. Um, but yeah. ultimately, it, it needed to happen. And whatever came out of it, you know, was right in the end. My, my recollection of that is um, we started singing, I think it was back in Wrexham at home. I seem to remember. It might not be, but we started singing. Yeah, Wrexham at home when Peter Ward scored the winner. Yeah, he scored a free kick, didn't he? Um, and we started singing, what uh, the yeah. fuck is going on? That kind of thing. <laughs> and then and then, and then, then the next home match was Plymouth and it all was all sorted and we'd heard about this meeting. So we were thinking as fans, yeah. they've just had a big meeting and they've, they've come up with the answer. Like you've just said, there is no answer, but you, you had, yeah, you had yeah, that yeah. chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and it, it's a small club. These things probably come out, you know, in, in mm. Chinese whispers. But um, was a lot happen- of yeah, yeah, but these they happen, don't they? they happen in a lot yeah. of clubs, you know. I'm sure it's happening in a certain to a certain degree in, in, at Liverpool. Maybe I don't know. Um, well, what they're doing at the moment, but yeah, for us, for us, it was just Dave sort of getting us in a room and just saying, right, what do we think is is wrong, you know? Because yeah. he was that was his first managerial job, so. Mm. Obviously, he he's not got that experience to fall back on to say, well, I've been through this before. I know what happens. I know what I need to do to fix it. And he maybe just wanted us to just sit down and say, look, listen, how can we sort this? What do, what do we think that's wrong? You guys are playing on the pitch. You guys see it. You guys are, are living it and playing it. What do you think's wrong? And, you know, we we all just sort of had a few choice words and said a few things and, and we got it sorted. Worked out all right in the end, didn't it? No, yeah, it, it did. It did, <laughs> it did yeah. 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 So um, we won't talk too much about the 96 97 season because you're probably going to do a lot of that on Friday. And I don't want to. Yeah, I don't. Do you know what? I don't. I'm, I'm not sure. I've not seen anything about it. I, I mean, I'm sure Steve will have something sorted. But yeah, all I've heard is it will bring you all in and whatever. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing if there's any clips or highlights or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Um. So obviously, the really good season, semi-final of the cup, um, finishing second in the league. Um. Was it? Was there any doubt in your mind if we would go up that season as a player? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely, because we felt we were the best, the best side in the league, De- hands down. And Barry, obviously, they 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 went up as champions that year. Mm. And for the life of me, I just couldn't get my head around how they could be better than us. How could they finish above us? So as we're as we're doing well, they're obviously doing well, and we're not shaking them. They're not shaking us. But then we've got the cup run coming in as well. Yeah. And the cup run was 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 a great distraction. Um, but at the same time, our goal was to get out of that league. You know, that was that was the goal. 
um, for all of us. Um, and, and me, especially, not especially, but certainly for me, that was the main focus, you know, um, just to play as high as you can for as long as you can. And, and we had a great opportunity. And towards the back end of that season, we were the games were just piling up. You know, we, we were still yeah. we were still in the the the, the FA Cup. You know, so you, yeah. you got and then you had the. I'm not going to say also windscreens. Also windscreens. Yeah, the Mickey Mouse is one of those. I call it. It's a bit <laughs> yeah, it's disparaging to it. You know, um, but you know, so we're in there. We're in that. We're in the the FA Cup. We're in the League Cup. We're going well in the League Cup. We're starting to get a bit more press coverage. We're live on Sky. But you know, and then suddenly the games. You get to the semi-final of the League Cup and it's a two-legged semi-final. And before you know it, you've got, you know, I don't know how many games we had in the last two or three weeks, but it must have been eight or nine games to play in, in, in three weeks or something, um, which is ridiculous. You know, it's ridiculous. Um, and you know that if you if you fail in the league in two or, you know, a couple of those games, then you dip into the playoffs. Yeah. Possibility. Mm. Uh, and it, it was it was the last game, it was the second last game of the season before we guaranteed promotion you know so we we had the possibility of going into the last game of the season against Luton needing to beat Luton or Luton would have went up automatically it was yep. between us and Luton for that for that second mm. spot wasn't it yeah, yeah so you know but you, you go into the game against Chesterfield thinking well we're going to win this game because you do that was that momentum that feeling you know so but sometimes it doesn't happen that way it, you know it just doesn't and you it, the game goes on and on and on but to be fair we scored fairly early on, um, and from then on, it just felt like, yeah, that's it. You know, you, you didn't feel they were going to beat us, you know, because we always felt we were the best side in the league anyway, you know. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, there was um, moments where we, there was definitely moments in my mind in the last sort of month or so. I was, I was going to ask about the Chesterfield game because we did score early on. And as a fan, I don't ever remember being nervous that they would score or I don't remember them having many chances that made me, for want of a better no. phrase, shit myself. You know no, what no, I mean? no, no, so... no, you're right. You're right. And, and that's how it felt during the game. It just, we just never put it to bed. And we just, you know, you always get nervous when you only want, you only got the one, you know, you needed the mm. three to go, to, 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 to go up. And, you know, we, on, we only had the one and you, you're away from home, anything happened, you know. Um, but I remember, I twisted my ankle uh, about, I don't know, 10 minutes to go before the end. And I literally couldn't walk. And I had to come off. And then there must have been, it felt, genuinely felt like 15 minutes of extra time, you know, <laughs> added on time. It was just the longest period of a game that I've, that I've ever sort of felt. Um, but then obviously you win, but um, which gives her that elation and suddenly the pain in the ankle is gone. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> But we played Luton on the Saturday, so, so people don't know this. I'll probably, Dave, I don't know if I'll mention it to Dave, but um, so my ankle was, was in a bad way, you know, and I really shouldn't have played against Luton on the Saturday. But So I didn't train until the, I didn't even train the Friday before the game. Travelled down to to Luton and um, he said, how, how is it? And I said, I said, well, look, let me let me do something on the Saturday morning, do a bit of a warm. He said, "If I play you, and you have to come off after ten minutes, he says I'm going to fine you two weeks' wages." <laughs> <laughs> because at the time, obviously, you know, you got appearance money, you got win bonus, so which isn't an insignificant number, you know. Yeah. So the last game of the season, uh, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have played. That's the truth of it. I shouldn't have played. <laughs> But to be fair, to be fair to Roger, he he strapped it up to you know the blood was just I had no blood in my foot at all whatsoever. We got my boot on, and I think adrenaline got me through. And I got I played the full game. And don't tell me if a good game bad. I, I would not have a clue how well I played, and I don't think I did very well to be honest. But um, yeah, I was playing with a lot of pain, a lot of pain. Just from what yeah. Flynn has said to I was us, gonna say, I don't yeah, think yeah. anyone should have been playing that week. The state they were in. No, we had a few drinks. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, with a, and you know that's and that is the few one of the few times I think, and genuinely one of the few times that I've probably played. Yeah, with alcohol in my system, probably is what the best way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, not not the most professional, but you know I'll, the game was I'll on. Love the story about yeah. love the story about Mazza getting nutmegged by a Luton player. 
and the Luton player saying, oh, nuts. And Nazar just going, yeah, we're promoted, mate. Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I absolutely <laughs> love that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, uh, yeah, I've got a similar story um, when I was at Walsall, and the, the lads will f- forgive me for saying it, but we played um, we played Reading in the um, in, in the, at the Millennium Stadium. It was, a, it was the playoff final, and um, we we were lucky. We won we won the game three two. So obviously we get promoted and whatever. And as you come out of the Millennium Stadium changing rooms, there's a conference suite upstairs. And you can only really get to it with a lift. It's almost like you come around a corner and there's the lift. You go in the lift and you go upstairs. So we were going into the lift. There's about half a dozen of us in, in this lift. And as we turn around, as the, as the you know, we press the button to go up, one of the Reading players comes around the corner and one of our lads shouts, um, are, you, are, you, are you going up? And then somebody else shouts, oh, no, no, you're not, aren't you? And the door just slowly <laughs> And I've always thought, I've always thought, you know, it's it's you know, it's just banter. I know I get that, but I've always, I've always thought, as those doors are shut, and if I was that player on the end, all he would hear is is, is a faint laughter, sort of drifting <laughs> yeah. away as it goes up, you know. Yeah. But anyway. yeah. A bit of a breaking news. Uh, I'll let you know that Rangers are actually beating Liverpool. No Rangers way. have just taken the lead against Liverpool, which no yeah. Way. Wow. What a night, eh? Oh, look, wow. it's like Sky Sports News on here tonight. Oh, <laughs> should, we get, should we get a ticker? Should we get a ticker going? Yeah. Should get on the should get on the telly, actually. Yeah. God, yeah. Right, okay. I'll get the second um, half. So yeah, then season later after that, I think it was the season later. I'm I, I, I life just passed me by at that age, I've got to say. Uh, mm. obviously playing for county against Birmingham away, and then you suffered a yeah, yeah, yeah. A, leg, yeah. a, a leg break. Yeah, and again, my own fault, probably not my own fault, but it's 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 your character, I suppose. I went into it, I went into it knowing I was going to get hurt. Um, yeah, Cookie Cookie played the corner to me, the edge of the box, and it's not something we practiced. It's not something we did. It was you know I was at the edge of the box, but I think he saw me on and if he if he'd pinged it, I'd I'd been fine, but he didn't. He almost floated it towards me. And the lad came out, Martin Granger came out and sort of straight legged me, I suppose, if I as I've gone to, to, to kick the ball. Um and I knew as soon as I was about to do it, before this is before I actually connected, I knew I'm gonna get hurt here. Um, but you obviously don't think you're gonna get hurt like 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 it was, but yeah. Um so that's probably the, so you look at the, the leg break at twenty eight and then obviously snap the cruciate at twenty. And what a lot of you know, I look back on it and at 20, my contract was up at Wolves and I was player of the year that season at Wolves. So you play the year, you're 20 years of age and you play the year and your contract's up. So luckily, luckily I, I got a good contract because they thought it was just a medial ligament, you see, with the, with the cruciate. Um, so then you rebuild yourself, you rebuild your career and, and whatever. And then obviously we're doing well at we Stockport and the leg break is what it is. Um, and I'm very pragmatic about things. These things happen and you can't change it, you know. Um, there's more serious things happen, obviously, in life. And it's just the way it is, you know. You just have to deal with it. So when it happened, I still had a year and a half, I think, to run on my contract. Um, so I knew I will get back. There was no issues with that. But Gary Megson came into the, the hospital the next day and he said, look, I've had a word with the chairman. And um, we want to give you another year now, so you don't have to worry about it. Just nice. let yourself, you know. And I but, thought, brilliant. That was mm. it was such a, a great gesture, you know. It just set my mind. In, but I actually turned it down, and I turned it down not for any other reason than than I wanted, I needed that that goal, that challenge, that that push for me to get myself back. You know, before the end of my contract, I, I wanted that. I wanted that feeling of of pushing myself. It could have went the other way. The leg, the, the break could have been horrendous and you never get back, you know. Um, so I was fortunate I got to get back from that. But it was a lot, again, that's when you talk about the trauma, the downtimes um, and the moments that obviously you, that you're on your own and everybody's kicking on and everybody's enjoying themselves and, 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 and you can't. You know you can't, but you have to. You have to find a way to just say, "Well, there's the end goal. That's what I'm after. That's what I need to push towards." 
you managed to find yourself a little side project while you were injured, didn't you, with Roger? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was, to be fair, <laughs> that, that was, and that was Roger's, and I'm glad he did it. You know, I look back on it now, and there's certain things you do in your life you regret, and, and, and this isn't one of them. You know, this is, and I'm not one of those that tend to push myself forward, if that makes sense. I, 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 I love football, and I just happen to be half decent at it. Um, as a kid and then you get to where you get to but I never really pushed myself into other sports or other things you know um, and Roger just said well look why don't we learn to play the guitar because you're with me nearly every day and we're doing this and doing that he's obviously a you know closet musician he thinks he is he's a failed musician whatever you want to call it he just wants to be Pink Floyd or you know, Robert Robert Plant or someone, so, but the, but that's what we did. You know, we ended up just learning to play the guitar and just having a laugh and just you know mm. just whiling away the time almost. And we were you know six chords basic, but we thought we were we we, we thought we were in like three know, more than Oasis. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we used to say. We say you Rogers, oh, Oasis only know five chords. They only know five chords. <laughs> Let's get a band together. We'll get. A I said, shut up. You know, band. What are you talking about? And he go, no, no, no. Let's get a band together. And we'll do something for children in need. And and so it was Roger was the the one that galvanised it, you know, and pushed it. You know, if it was me, I'd have sat back and I'd just learned to play the guitar, and probably nothing would have happened. Um, but we did. We pushed it. And we done rehearsals. Then we got a drummer. Then we got, you know, we got we, the, the guitarist. And yeah, and we actually ended up doing a, a a little gig at the back of the stand for I think it was about three hundred people. Then again. Give me a ball in front of sixty-five thousand people before try to do something that you're really not comfortable with. You know? <laughs> all, all I can do, all I can say is, as you're standing there on the stage, knowing knowing you're a fraud, right? I'm thinking in my head, <laughs> there'll be people in that audience that can actually play the guitar. Do you know what I mean? They can actually look at me, going, "Hey, shit." He is no, he's he shit. That's that was going on in my head. That's the insecurities that go in your head. Roger thinks everybody just loves him, you know. So Roger's just <laughs> yes, I'm I'm brilliant. Still, so, yeah. Um, but I, I genuinely loved that time, you know, when we were and we practiced and we practiced and we practiced, and one or two people changed in the band, and we used to go go into the players' lounge and and, and practice um for, for hours, you know, trying to um, you know. We, we were never ever going to be anything that, that, that we were but um yeah it's some i think it, it ran away with with um with roger a little bit in his head you know i think in his head he genuinely thought there was a chance he was going to be a rock star he still does he what he actually wanted me he phoned me up i still i still keep in touch with him um and he phoned me up about um what was it maybe six months ago not even less than that four months ago he says come on we'll, we'll do a reunion let's do a reunion i mean roger i'm 52 i said no i'm not not yeah come on come on we'll do something let's do something uh but no i, I don't have the time and that's that's the honest truth uh, as much as the inclination might be there the, the time just isn't there We've got a new um, we've got a new fan park coming soon. Maybe you could open that. Could <laughs> yeah, open <it>. <laughs> <laughs> fracture revisited. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, a lot of good things. There are a lot of good things happening with the ground, though, and and it's in the planning for the you know for the for the ground. It's it's it should be it should be fantastic over. I, I suppose that's going to be over a number of years, eh? four or yeah. five years, I would imagine. Um, yes. But, yeah. You know, it's going to be what 20,000 20,000 yeah. stadium would be fantastic, yeah. Fantastic with corners, with corners as well. Yeah, oh, that's what Ross is most excited no. about the corners, boxes, yeah. boxes and like corners. A, that's like a proper stadium if it's got corners. Yeah, yeah. well, could you imagine yeah. it with, with boxes in though? I mean, I'm not, I, I look, I'm not, I'm not like made of money, so I can't have a boxes scene to kind of never, I never would, but it just looked cool with boxes that people yeah, can yeah. pay for and go and stand in because you know, yeah. at the moment it's just cushion seats in it, which is yeah. And it's it's not that you know it's not the best. I mean, I go to, and I don't mean that disparage. It's just it's just is what it is. Mm. I, I, and don't get me wrong, I've been to um, Burnley. I've watched Burnley play a few times, and and going to Bob Lord and Burnley, and it's 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 poor. You know, that's a Premier League or was a Premier League side, and the the, you know, the Bob Lord stand is just everybody's cramped up, and you're sitting. Yeah, yeah you've got yeah you've got a little padded seat, but really, you know, give me some space, give me some room. Um, but yeah, it'll be fantastic if that happens. It'll be absolutely fantastic. And 
Yeah, but it just takes investment. The guy that's coming in at the moment, is it Mark Scott? Is it Matt, Matt Scott? Is Scott, it? yeah. He seems to have his heart in the right place for the club, which is which is all any fan wants, sir. Yeah, no, absolutely. We've got a couple of comments in, music-related comments, so maybe they mean something to you. Yeah, so, um, pro- so this is proper musicians. Yeah. So, th- Well, this one, did you enjoy t- Brandon Flowers at well, Maynabella? How does he know? I, I, how, yeah, he, how do you know about that? He probably saw you there. How do you know about that? Yeah. So... I love that. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That was um that was my brother. John Kerry. John, is he is he a John yet? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you so, too. He, John's a classical guitarist, John, and he, he was absolutely fantastic for us. Um, because we just used to watch him in awe and awe how good he was. But anyway, I'll go back to the first question. So my brother, um my brother is um he's in the killers fan club, okay. Right. So this is this is uh, it's not me. It was my brother, and he won these two tickets for um, to go and see Brandon Flowers made of Studios. He phoned me up and said, "Do you fancy it?" And I went, "Well, yeah." He said, well, "How much is it?" He said, "No, no, the free. I got two tickets. We just need to get ourselves to made of So we 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 went down. We got in the train. We went down, and um, I'm still thinking it's it's a joke. You know, we're going to get to the studio and. They're going to turn around and look at you as if they say, what, what are you doing here? But no, they gave us a, a little wristband and in we went. And there was 50 people watching Brandon Flowers um, do his nice. debut, a few songs from his debut, or not his debut, one of his solo albums, Spitfire, I think it was called. And he was he was standing 10 feet from me, which was surreal, you know, and it was like Zane Lowe's Radio Live on Radio 1 and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, um, how, how would you know that? Because that was, I don't, it's not one of those things unless that... he unless he was unless Carl, if you want to comment in, unless he was there with you. He, I could, well, I he wasn't with me because I was only with my well, no, brother. No, but... no well, <laughs> one of the fifty people. I mean, one of the fifty. Yeah, people. yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd say about, I'd say that was probably it, but one hundred and fifty people, no more than that, no more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, we all we ask every guest that we have on because uh, we're 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 big on music ourselves, uh, mm. both indie Britpop Brit pop kids ourselves, aren't we, Nick? Uh, what sort of music yeah. are you into? Oh, it's difficult at the minute. I, I mean, I, 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 I am fairly eclectic and I do like um, I do like a lot of stuff, to be honest with you. And, and, I, and I genuinely mean that. I will listen to, um, you know, Adagio for Strings. I, I'll listen to... Um, I, I, me and Roger were going to go and see um, the Foo Fighters. Um, we ended up obviously not going to... They cancelled the tour... I like the older stuff, listen to the 80s. So I'm very eclectic. I wouldn't say there's one thing at the moment that I am listening to. Um, so Post Malone, I love I love listening to some of his stuff, you know. It's, I, I, you know I really like that. So, I mean, I've just gave you four or five things that are completely different. So yeah, there's, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's yeah. nothing really I would say that, that – if I like it, I like it. And that's probably as, as much as I'd go to that with music. But, yeah. It's, that's the yeah, same it's... with me. I, I hate this idea of have people saying, "Oh, what's your guilty pleasure music-wise?" And it's like, "Well, I like it. I'm not. I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty." No, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like a Taylor, Taylor Swift or Harry Styles. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's some some you like, some you don't, and, and that's just the way. And that's that's how it should be. Um, I think if you you pigeonhole yourself to, to just one style, then I think you lose, you know, you, you lose sort of hearing other other aspects of other music. You know. Um, I, I, I like the blossoms. I like the cortinas. You know, I, I sort of like that sort of stuff. But I wouldn't say I really love that sort of stuff. I like two mm. or three songs from that. You know, and and that's how I am. If I like something, I like it, and it might be from them, or it might be from them, or it might be from him. So yeah, um, so yeah, eclectic. Carl Doherty says fifty people and a county fan. So he must have been there with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's been waiting about 10, 15 waiting. years to post oh. his comment. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good comment. It's a good comment. Ta- ta- right. How, how you doing, Carl? I know you can't reply to it, but I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. <laughs> um, right. We'll let you get to the Rangers match. Perfect. Um, yes. No, that's fine. That's fine. I've really enjoyed it. Is that, is no, that thank you. Hour, isn't it? Yeah. So much for coming on. We could ask you probably, we could spend another hour talking to you. Um yeah, but I'm we won't glad, tonight. I'm glad. I'm glad there's a few stories I've kept. Yeah, yeah. 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 You'll need something for Friday night, won't you? Oh, I'd be in trouble. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's yeah, been my really... pleasure. Honestly, it's been my pleasure, Rush. I, I, I appreciate you coming on, uh, asking me to come on. Um, 
Yeah, anytime. No, thank, thank you, thank you. So you. And yeah, one off the bucket list for me, talking to Tom Bennett, basically, because <laughs> you're my favourite ever player. Um, do us a favour, we're just going to play some outro. If you could just hang around for a second uh, sure. we'll, while we do that. Um, can I just say at this point, um, please do like the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, sorry, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, podcast players, like, review, all that good, good stuff. Spotify, iTunes, um, that'd be really useful. Helps us grow the channel. We will contact the competition winner soon. Um, so we'll watch out for that. Anything from you, Nick, before we go? No, I, I concur with absolutely everything you said. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure as well. It has. Add that. Cheers, guys. Yes. Are you Thank in a you pub, by soon. the way, Ross? I'm in. I'm in my. Um... Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh you've got. My... A, you've, you've got a love shack. You've got a little love shack bar in the back there, haven't you? Yeah. A little called... man cave. It's a little man cave you've got going yeah, on. Yeah, eh? it is. It's called the County Arms, and we sometimes have people over to do live podcasts. I didn't. I, I didn't realize you're in Chorley, so maybe we are, maybe we could arrange that at some point. Yeah. And, yeah, and you can sign road. me. You can sign me a picture that I've got of you on the wall. <laughs> and it's getting a bit creepy now. It sounds like Alan Parsons, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I am in a pub. It's my own bar. Yes, and my yeah, podcast. Love that. Yeah. Love that. So cheers. Um, and yes, thanks to everybody for listening and watching. And we'll see you all next week. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. Staff Begawa War is written and produced by Russ Johnson and Nick Lee. Our title music was composed by Dan Johnson. For more of our content, go to all the W's, scarfbegarawar.co.uk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.